Good morning. Join me in your copy of God's Word or on your device in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. We're continuing our series on our five runways, our strategy for discipleship here at Hebron Baptist Church. We're reminding us of why each step is vital and important as we grow as disciples and here at Hebron Baptist Church that we hope to invest in each person that as you plug in at Hebron Baptist Church, that you plug in, you plug in, everyone as members plug in to each one of these steps that we will take each one of us steps in maturity in our faith in Christ. Today, we're going to talk about the runway of multiplying through regular gospel conversations. So if you would, let's read of an instance or an event when this happened uh, in Scripture in Acts chapter 8 and verse 26. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. So he got up and went. There was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch and high official of Canaan's queen of the Ethiopians, who was charged of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem and was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. The spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. When Philip ran up to it, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? When Philip, sorry, how can I, he said, unless someone guides me. And so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the scripture passage he was reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before its shear, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who will describe this generation for his life is taken from the earth? The eunuch said to Philip, I ask you, who was the prophet saying this about, himself or someone else? Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that scripture. As they were traveling down the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? So he ordered the chariot to stop, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he was baptized. He baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him any longer, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip appeared in Astus, and he was traveling and preaching the gospel in all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we pray that as we come to this scripture, that you would help us see and feel a desire within us to be faithful in multiplying by having many gospel conversations. We pray, Lord, that as we have been saved, we pray, Lord, that you would work through us to save others. And God, through your scripture, put this in our hearts that we would be more like you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Last week, we understood that the scriptures tell us that followers of Jesus fish for people. That was the message of Jesus told when he called his first apostles, that to be part of uh, God's plan, that we are to faithfully follow him, that we are to redeem the world by being faithful in sharing the good news, that we 
as believers, faithful disciples of Jesus Christ, that we grow in maturity, that one of those signs is that we are constantly having gospel conversations with others. Because saved people want to see God saving other people. We understand the grace of God that has come to us, the the amount of God's grace and love that has overcome our sin, that we who were dead have been brought to life. We want to see this glorious good news come to life in the lives and hearts of other people. But it seems that many of us as disciples are either asleep on the job or have never decided that this is part of what is being called as being a disciple of Jesus Christ, of of sharing the gospel. The results of our apathy and our uh, our inexcusable behavior is grim. Boone County currently is 68% unchurched. That means that almost 70% of people here and probably more are unsaved or in a not uh, maturing faith with Jesus Christ. This next one blows me out of the, blows my mind. The fact that America is the fifth largest global mission field in the world. I mean, how many of us would think that our country is so lost in all the world, we would, we would name so many other countries before us, we would think, but it is here in America where we have religious li- liberty and freedom and a church on every corner in the South that it should be, that God is moving, but instead we have kept this good news to ourselves. North America is also the only continent where Christianity is declining. Brothers and sisters, The very gospel that has changed us can save others. And every gospel uh, that the Bible has given us, Jesus commands us as believers to go and share the good news. Every gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and even Acts begins with the command to begin in Jerusalem and go to the ends of the earth sharing this good news. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 20, 21, his version of the Great Commission, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. You see, we need to have gospel conversations. We need to be open and and available and looking and expecting opportunities to share Jesus and God's grace and power through the gospel. And that is why we here at Hebron Baptist Church have said this is one of the major things we want to accomplish by equipping you, equipping us to be faithful in sharing the gospel. This is an act of maturity as believers in Christ, beginning, yes, with our family, our neighbors, our people that we work with, and then going to the ends of the earth. That we as disciples should be equipped and be praying and looking for every opportunity to share the gospel. And this passage is an example of God sovereignly working in both the sharer and the receiver of the gospel and showing that through obedience, God has the power to save. We are disciples understanding that the gospel sharing, God uses this means to convert through sharing the gospel. Philip the deacon 
God uses, directs, and sends to share the gospel. The Ethiopian eunuch, that God who, who has worked to hear and come and change his life and change his heart to be saved. In this passage, we see we must be faithful in engaging gospel conversations and we can see God at work in saving people. The question is for us this morning, have we been faithful in this area? Are you being intentional? Are you being prayerful? Are you building relationships intentionally, knowing that it is our role as God has ordained for us to share the good news? We must be ready and we must be prepared and we must be passionate about having gospel conversations. And in this passage, we see four truths about engaging in gospel conversations. And if you're following along at home or here in the room and want to take notes, number one, engaging in gospel conversations, you must be in tune with the Spirit. Engaging in gospel conversations, you must be in tune with the Spirit. There at the beginning of our text, the angel of the Lord speaks to Philip and tells him to go to this specific place, get up and go south down the road. Uh, what an amazing thing for probably Philip to be thinking about because if we notice Philip's life, one of the things that can be said about his life, if you read uh, all through Acts chapter 8, is he is a man filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit. Up to this point, we see that, that in Philip's uh, ministry, that a whole town has been converted through his preaching and teaching. A sorcerer comes to Christ, a man named Simon, who was a sorcerer and had done magic tricks and, and things in, in front of a town. He miraculously comes to faith in Christ. He prayed with Peter and the Samaritans received a visible showing of the Holy Spirit, showing that they have as well received the Holy Spirit and salvation of God. You see, every bit of Philip's life is characterized by being led by the Spirit of God and being faithful to the Scriptures to, to uh, go where God has called him to go and to share the good news wherever he went. God's people, we see, not in just in this instance, but in throughout the Scriptures, that God's people are led by the Spirit through their conscience, through wisdom, through circumstances, and through other people by the Holy Spirit to be in God's will. It is clear that we need to be sensitive to the Spirit's leading and understanding that in every instance, in every case, God is at work so that we might join him there. Now let me just pause for just a second because when I start to get talking about the Spirit's leading, us Baptists start to get a little uncomfortable. Uh, we, we get a little itchy. Uh, because we wonder what does this mean and, and, and how far do we go with the Spirit's leading? Well, I think there's kind of two wrong emotions or wrong reactions that we have. The first is that we wrongly say, oh, the Spirit doesn't lead us. We're just, we have nothing to be in tune with the Spirit, that, it is, uh, that we can't be emotional, we can't be thinking in this way. Let us just stick to the Word and whatever happens, God will ordain, but we don't listen to the Spirit. Well, I think that's wrong. We see this 
as just an example here in the scriptures. On the other hand, we have people who wrongly say, well, God, you know, I have this feeling that God tells me to do this and God tells me to do everything is an overly sensitive spiritual aspect. And it could have been ultimately the bad pizza you ate last night. The problem is, is where do we find the line? How do we know? Well, the scriptures tell us how. Because the scriptures are sufficient for every element of our life. There is nothing that we cannot find wisdom and direction and understanding in the scriptures. We don't need an additional word from a spirit. We don't need an additional word from anyone else. We have what God has given us, faithful and true, sufficient for life. But we also know the Spirit leads us in certain ways, in certain times, to do specific actions. Now, how do we know what is of God and what is not of God? Well, the Scriptures. That is our God. That is what keeps us right on the right track. Because there are so many times, unfortunately, as, as a pastor, the dreaded three words, or how many words, I didn't count, that people lead with this. Pastor, God told me to do this. And I cringe because unfortunately most of the time, it's something that leads to sin. I, Pastor, I've, I've been led to leave my spouse. Pastor, I've been led to go do this or that. Whatever it is, it, friends, God's spirit will never ever lead you to go against his word or into sin. That is not the Holy Spirit. That is the spirit of the Antichrist that is guiding you. Be cautious and be careful to breathe everything that you think and attribute it to God and his spirit. Make sure it is always guided by his word. But can I tell you, maybe make it more clear because you might be thinking, well, I don't know. How do I know the spirit speaking? Well, let me just make this very clear for our topic today. If you feel like you need to share the gospel with someone, that is the Holy Spirit, and let me be the Spirit for you today. You don't need to think twice. Share the gospel with them. Case closed. In this instance, we need to make sure that we are being led by the Spirit to be understood that we are in tune, that God is working, that we join Him there, that we know that God may use you to bring the good news to someone today. Philip is an example to believers needing to be in tune with the Spirit. This is God's work, God's power directing Philip to bring the gospel to the Ethiopian eunuch. Friends, the Spirit of God will use you and his power to bring the gospel to someone in your life. You need to be available and sensitive and expectant to the Spirit to be working around you. And the question is today, are you in tune with the Spirit that God may use you? How do we get in tune? Well, we read God's word. We know what is right and wrong and wise by God's way. That we are faithfully praying and listening while we pray to what God would direct us to do. The question is, do we pray in a way that leads the spirit to guide us? Are we praying enough that we're discerning the spirit? Are you praying intently and intentionally for opportunities to share the gospel? Are you intentionally praying for those around you to be saved? Are you intentionally praying for Boone County and your neighbors and your family members to come to Christ? 
Brothers and sisters, faithful disciples must be praying into the spirit and praying that we will see people saved. Listen to even this prayer of Paul. I mean, think, Paul could just get up and do whatever, but how did Paul pray? In Colossians 4, 2 through 4, he said, devote yourselves to pray, stay alert in it with thanksgiving, and at the same time, pray also for God may open a door for us to, for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains, so that I may make it known as I should. That's Paul's prayer. That Paul was saying, I need you to pray for me. I need Christians to pray for the lost world. I need people to pray that I might share as I might, but that God would open those doors that people would be saved. Are you praying in that way? Are you praying faithfully in this way? So maybe I have not been faithful in this way. Maybe you have not been faithful in this way. And you might even be saying, well, pastor, I've never seen anyone come to Christ around me. I don't see God at work around me. Well, I will ask you this question. Have you been praying? Have you been praying for God to be at work? Brothers and sisters, are you connected to the spirit? Because if you are, number two, engaging in the gospel conversations, you must be confident in the sovereignty of God. Engaging in gospel conversations then you must be confident in the sovereignty of God. If you've been praying, then you can be confident that God is at work and God is ahead of you. But here, what we see, just a snapshot of these two lives, the share of the gospel and the hearer of the gospel, that God is sovereignly and provisionally moving each person so that one may share and the other one may be saved. Philip was directed and addressed by the angel of the Lord. What next do we read in the scriptures following verse 27? That the spirit told him to go down this road. And then the spirit told him to go up to that chariot where he meets an Ethiopian eunuch searching for answers in the scriptures. Then what on the eunuch side? He had traveled up from Ethiopia to Jerusalem. He's probably one of the Jews in Dysphoria that he had come to worship at the temple or worship in Jerusalem. And he was still confused about his worship in the law. And he went on this road for this time that God brought someone to him to share the gospel. Here we must see that God is at work. And for us as believers, we need to be confident because God is using us to bring the gospel to other people. As it is said, the gospel has come to us on its way to someone else. Believers in Jesus Christ, those who have been revealed the truth about the Spirit of God, knows that God is working all things out, that God is working in human history, that God is working in your life, that he is maneuvering your way to live across the street from that unsaved person, to have a cubicle next to that unsaved person, to have, have a locker next to that unsaved student. We know that God is working all these things out so the gospel may come to the lost. Here we see the references to the angels and the spirit highlight that this is an initiative that ultimately begins with the Lord. And it is God in his sovereign plan uses us to be part of this plan. So listen to this. You can have confidence. Confidence. 
confidence in sharing the gospel because it means God has placed you there to do it. You can have confidence because there's no other thing you need to hear from God today is that if God has placed you there to be obedient, to share the gospel, and you must share. Rico Tice, who writes greatly and teaches greatly about evangelism, I highly recommend his book, Honest Evangelism, says this in it. In God's sovereignty, what is going on in human history is that God is reaching out to people so that they will reach out to him. The reason your neighbor lives where she does is so that she will get reached for the gospel. Why did, one, why did God want a Christian you to be in your workplace? Yes, so you can bless your boss and workers by working hard and honestly. But first and foremost, it's so that others can hear the gospel. Brothers and sisters, have confidence. Don't shy away because you are God's workman, disciple, there for a reason. Be confident that God has placed you there and share the gospel. But we can also have got confidence in this, that the result is not up to us, that it's not in our slick presentation. It's not that we use the Roman road or the three circles or whichever one. It's the fact that God is the one doing the saving. God only calls us to to obey and to share. God only calls us to do the sharing. We don't save anyone, God does. It is our job to just put the gospel in their ears and let God do the rest. We need to be confident because God is sovereign, working salvation in the heart of the people who are listening. We do not need to be anxious or scared or worried that we might lose a friendship or that we might look stupid because the reality is no matter how stupid we sound, the Holy Spirit is doing all the work anyways. We need to know that God is working out salvation. How do we know this? Because God provides salvation. Romans 5, 8, but God proves his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We did nothing. We didn't deserve it. God sent his son, Jesus. God calls us in John 6, no one can come to me unless the father who has sent me draws him and I will rise, raise him up in the last day. Here's the truth. We cannot see the truth of God until the work of God has revealed it to us. And finally, God transforms. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. Other than in WandaVision, there's only one person that I know that brings dead to life. And the reality is God himself through Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. We were by nature children under wrath and others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he has for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. Be confident, Christian. Be confident, believer. Brother, sister, share the gospel because we know we have been placed there to share, but we know that God is the one doing the work. We need to be confident. Thirdly, 
engaging in gospel conversations, you must guide every topic to Jesus. The Spirit led Philip where he was, but the conversation was left up to him. And there in verse 30, we see that when he woke, uh, came up to the, sh the chariot, what did he see? He heard that the eunuch was reading the prophet Isaiah. And get this, even the eunuch was led by God to say, do you? Uh, well, well, sorry, Philip was, was sensitive enough to know that he needed to lead the conversation to Jesus. He overheard the eunuch saying, reading Isaiah, and then what did Philip do? He kind of kicked the door down and said, hey, do you know what you're reading in there? <laughs> because he knew that that would give him an opportunity to share or do something or speak a spiritual conversation in this person's life. So you see, we can discuss many different things with people, but the direct conversation must be sensitive to lead towards Jesus. We need to be faithful and understanding that we should be able to practice and engage with people with honest questions and conversations that lead, the, lead our conversations spiritually and to Jesus. For example, just a simple one is to say, hey, what are you, what are you doing this weekend? I know you, Bob, you know, we've worked together for years. What are you doing this weekend? And Bob says, well, I'm doing this and I'm going to the zoo and I'm going this with my kids and I'm doing this this weekend. And, and you say, well, that's great. Well, this is what I'm doing this weekend. You know, I'm, we've got games on Saturday morning. We're going to hang out uh, uh, over at the park on Saturday afternoon. And Sunday morning, we're going to church. And then Sunday afternoon, we've got to have our Sunday afternoon nap. And we're going to watch some football. Hey, Bob, by the way, I didn't hear you mention church. Do you go to church regularly anywhere? Bob answers whatever way Bob does. And you say, hey, Bob, would you mind if I tell you why church is important to me? And boom, you go right into a conversation about Jesus. Or maybe you're, you're going to workplace or you're going somewhere and you, you notice because unfortunately around here we have a lot of traffic issues. Or maybe you say, you use whatever example that you see around you. You say, hey, you know, hey, Bob, you've seen a, there was a traffic accident this morning. Did you see how bad that was? You know, how many lanes were turned over? I pray every time I go past those things. I pray for all the first responders. I pray for the person in the, in the accident. Boy, Boy, it, it really gets you thinking, doesn't it, Bob? Bob usually answers, sure does, yeah, yeah. Hey, Bob, do you ever thought of what happens when you, what would happen when we expire on this earth? But boy, you just boom that conversation in a way that helps you to go right to Jesus. You see, um, Josh Malone and Mark Cahill observed this. The best way to show people our Christianity is to develop a conversational relationship with them. If we want them to be interested in what we have to say, we, mu we must be interested in our neighbor. You see, a conversation must be something that we're, we're not seeking a self-satisfaction in someone. We're not trying to be self-righteous. We're not trying to set them up. But if you love people and love and are concerned about them, you want to bring the conversation to Jesus. We need to guide every conversation towards the gospel. We need to look for opportunities. And once you share and you get the red sign or the yellow sign, you look for another opportunity a little while later, you're always looking for another conversation to be had. So number four then, engaging in gospel conversations, you must use the Bible to lead to the gospel. You see, as the example that we are given, 
The eunuch is reading from the, uh, from the account of Isaiah. And the eunuch asks, well, who are they speaking about here in verse 34? Is he talking about himself or someone else? And Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus beginning with the script, that scripture. And in essence, understanding that Philip used more and more scriptures to show how Jesus is the Messiah. You see, this conversation ends with Philip using the scriptures to explain this. And you, you see, we need to understand that the gospel must get to believers through using the word. We must be faithful and enough to know how the narrative of scriptures, how how the use of God's word, how the story of scriptures help us paint the need for God, for man, for sin, and how God has saved us through his son, Jesus Christ, and ultimately call for a response. You see, in discipleship, we see this as a discipleship relationship going on. You see, this is, we see thinking of evangelism is just, you know, once time, get the word out and, and let it go. But what happens here? Actually, Philip engages with his eunuch using the Bible. And evangelism and discipleship is not two different coins, but it's two sides of the same coin. Yes, sometime you might share the gospel one time and somebody would get saved. But often it is a relationship over time that you are building with someone again and again, walking through the scriptures, faithfully talking with someone. And it's where we need to encourage each other in this area, that we, we know the Bibles, that we're willing to sit across the table with someone and said, hey, uh, would you mind to come and read the Bible with me? Would you mind if we can figure this out and walk through this together? That's why we've talked about the word one-to-one and reading through the gospel of John or someone reading through the gospel of Mark. There are many ways that we can read the Bible with someone and allow the Bible to do what the Bible does, God's word changing people's hearts. Our good friend, um, uh, Carl Porter over in England has told Mark and told others uh, that, that they have seen just a boom of gospel conversations and fruit from being locked down. You think, oh, being locked down and not having relationships and conversations, uh, the gospel's not getting out. But he's having faithful, planned Zoom conversations with people, one-on-one readings and gospel conversations. And they're locked down way worse than we are. But the gospel is still getting out because he's being faithful to put the word out and share the word and make relationships with people that over Zoom even reading the Bible is changing hearts. So we need to make sure that that we are using the gospel, using the Bible to share and making sure that it is grounded in God's word. We need to make sure that the end of our conversations is calling for a response. It's, it's one thing to just say, respond to Jesus, or here's Jesus' story, but you need to hear the gospel and ask others to respond. Make sure that you're responding. As a matter of fact, J.I. Packer says, for preaching the gospel means inviting sinners to come to Jesus Christ, the living Savior by whom virtue, virtue of his atoning death is able to forgive and save all those who put their trust in him. The gospel is simply this, that Jesus Christ is the son of God who lived a perfect life, who came and died in our place for our sins. 
that three days later he rose to life and showed victory over death. And by his power, those who believe and repent in his name will live forever. And you share the gospel and you call people. Is today the day that you will believe and trust in Jesus? Is today the day you will repent of your ways and your life and follow him? See, we must ask the people to understand here, here's the gospel, here's the Bible, here's what God has done in all of history. Would you hear it and would you believe and let God do the work? You see, we need to understand that the only thing that matters is that we share the gospel and call people to repent and believe. R.C. Sproul has said that the top priority enterprise for the Christian church is the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ because people cannot believe or even hear about Jesus unless Jesus is preached. So the church must be committed to the preaching of the gospel to all men. Jesus gave the great commission to go into all the world to preach the gospel to every living creature. Brother, sister, is this your primary enterprise? Is this what we are doing as the church? Is this how you are being faithful in your life? Well, let me just tell you, there's, I thought of a great example of this, um, how God allowed me to be a part of him saving someone. Patrick Ship. Some of you have heard this story, some of you not. Well, Patrick was invited. He, uh, he was led by the Spirit. His testimony is that God moved him to start looking in his family for churches. And, and it was funny because the first day he came to, to Hebron Baptist Church, that within 12 hours, I think, or less than 24, he was, uh, had been invited to lunch, been in lunch, been in a life group, and, and just connected to the church just right away. God had stirred in his life and his heart and shared uh, by his faithful wife for many years and other people, but he just walked in darkness. He didn't understand the gospel or never had, had really accepted Jesus Christ. Well, I decided one week because he needed to do his new members class and there was a, 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 a section he missed on uh, the ordinances and, and, and the church. And I said, well, why don't you come over to the house and we'll just go over that and get you caught up and and, uh, you know, it was funny because I was being sensitive to the Spirit. You think, you know, of all passages, uh, we talked about being faithful wherever the Scriptures lead to be, have your conversation jumping off to the Gospel. Well, we were talking about the Lord's Supper. <laughs> you know, we weren't talking about Jesus' life. We weren't talking about, you know, some, I could have gone to John three sixteen. I could have gone to any passage that I would have maybe wanted God to, to lead from. But we were talking about the elements of the Lord's Supper, and we used that passage, and, and the Spirit just said, Sean, I think this is the time. And I just started to talk about how the elements talk about what Jesus did for us and how he is the sacrifice for us and that there is nothing in us that deserves us but if we just trust in him. And I say, you know, Patrick, today would you want to be saved? Would you want to trust in Christ? Would you want to believe on him and repent of your sins and be his forever? He said, yes. Brothers and sisters, we need to be ready at any time. 
We need to be honest and open and be faithful. We need to be real. We need to have relationships. But we need to be expecting and looking for God to be at work. We need to be prepared. We need to be faithful but intentional. If we're not sharing the gospel each week or at least each month, we need to say, God, give me an opportunity. Give me someone to share with. Share with them. Even if you don't think God has led you there, share the gospel with them and, and, and let God be at work. And I encourage you because this year we want to challenge us again, challenge us anew. Last year was a, a struggling year, but, but this year we want to be again refocused, re-energized, be faithful to multiplying through gospel conversations. So this year we want to kind of release or encourage you to find your next one in 2021. You know, last year and the year before, we prayed for who's your one. And we prayed for one person to share. As a matter of fact, Caitlin, Patrick was Caitlin's one. And, and so she prayed and God saved him. But we shouldn't be satisfied with just one. We should always be thinking, God, who is the next one? Who is the next one, God, you want us to pray for? Who is the next one you want us to share with? Who, who is the next one, God, that you want us to be faithfully bringing the gospel to? So I want you to be praying about this. Who will be your next one in 2021? Who is the next person that you need to share the gospel with? Who is that next person you need to, to spend time and actually send a text message or message or email or call and say, hey, next Tuesday, can we get together? We need to have a conversation. We need to talk. Who is the intentional person that God has already been having these conversations about that you need to walk through and say, hey, would you mind let me share a, an important thing that happened in my life and how God saved me through the gospel of Jesus Christ? Brothers and sisters, let's commit together. Let's commit individually to next one in 2021. We'll be talking more about that in the next weeks to come. But I encourage you today, which one will be your next conversation to have a gospel conversation with someone? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you today, as we have seen that you are faithfully at work in the world around us, and through obedience to Christ, we know that we should share the gospel. We know, God, that you are at work and we just need to join you there. We know that if we are not obedient, you, we know you will still be at work. But God, we know that you and your grace have set it aside so that we may be part of your plan to redeem the world. So help us to be faithful. Help us to be expectant. Help us to be looking and help us to be having gospel conversations with many people that you have placed around us. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.